It's our goal every month to be able to inspire difference makers to use their gifts, their passions, and stories to make a difference in the places that God's given them influence. I'm so excited that today we have John Acuff with us from, from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the podcast, John. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jamie. So excited. So before we jump into the, the actual meat of our conversation today, I feel like we have to start with a really important thing to Texans, and I've yeah. heard to you too. So you've been called the king of queso. Yeah, I love it. It's funny, the last two times I've come to Dallas, so this time and two weeks ago, people brought me queso where I was. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the reason, the only reason I jog is because like I created a job where people bring me melted cheese. That which is was, a great thing. My guidance counselor was like, it's impossible. I'm like, I did it, dream snatcher. Um, but yeah, so it, and it's funny, anytime somebody tweets me or Instagram says, where's the best queso in Nashville? I always right. say Texas. Um, because really? like, well, you guys have so many great options. Like yep. you've got torchies, you've got all these things that we're slowly trying to get into Nashville, uh-huh. but it's just, it's a slow road. Like I keep saying like torchies come to Nashville and they're like, we're going to Oklahoma instead. Uh. I'm like, well, <laughs> take a right. So yeah, I love queso. Is it I, different in Nashville and is here? Cause we're known for Tex-Mex. So Tex-Mex. It is different. Is different. And I lived in Atlanta, which was different too. Uh. Like, so it's, it's interesting. Same with San Diego is different. Like uh-huh. they're cl- so close to the border that their, their version is different. So I'm not like, I'm not snobby about it though. It's kind of like when they say like, what's the best camera, the one you have with you? Like what's the uh. best queso? Like the one that's there. Um, or, you know, even bad pizza is still pizza. Yes. So I'm pretty forgiving on queso. Um, <laughs> although I love it, I don't say, I don't think I'm snobby about it. But That's it's a your lot favorite of words food. Oh yeah, I'm savory all day. Like uh. when somebody's like, oh, let's have ice cream. I'm like, I'd really rather spend those I wish I had one or the other on both. Like I run yeah. so that I can eat all of the things. I wish No, savory is my jam. Like salt, <laughs> like it's just, I have to, like when I come to Texas, I have to be careful not to just dry up because I'm just constantly eating salt. And it's chips and queso yep. and chips and salsa yep. everywhere you go. Well, we're so excited to have you with us. We, um, for those that are listening, you just were with us for 10K Tuesday, just yep. talking to all the leaders here at Cross Timbers. And you were talking to us about the art of finishing, mm-hmm. the gift of finishing. And it was so important to you that you wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. And so something that I've noticed is that most of the time when someone writes a book about a topic like this about finishing, mm-hmm. it's because they've learned it themselves that mm-hmm. sometimes through the hard parts of learning something. So is that the case for Oh, definitely. This book? I think a lot of my books are, I identify a challenge I'm facing and then I go and see if other people are. Mm-hmm. So like I'm working on a new book right now and I just did a survey. Um, I've got a PhD that helps me with the, pro- the projects, which is amazing because yeah. it's super smart. And we sent a survey and 9,600 people filled it out. And so we know, okay, like there's a need. So I think as a leader, that's part of what you do is you go, because I think the lie is I'm the only one that struggles with this. And what you learn is if I'm vulnerable, if I go first, I give everybody the gift of going second. Mm. And it's hard to go first. So part of being a difference maker is going first so that other people can go second. Mm. And so, yeah, I have, I thought, wow, I'm not good at finishing. It's not something that's natural to me. Can it be learned? Um, Can I figure out how to, you know, kind of, change from a chronic starter into a consistent finisher. So you talked about the research, you got this guy that's got a PhD that Mm -hmm. helps you with everything as you were starting to look at, okay, I struggle with finishing, but finding that there was research that proved it. What did you find when you were looking at organizations that you work with or just organizations I mean, the biggest thing is like the biggest surprise because 
the the research was really fascinating. We studied nearly 900 people for six months as they worked on wow. projects. So goals to lose weight, goals to change their community, goals mm-hmm. to get their finances, all these different types. Because you don't want to just do one type because then maybe it only applies to one type. Um, the biggest surprise to us was how important fun is to actually finishing, um, hmm. that it has value. There's a lot of times, especially companies where they go, we're a serious company, we're, we don't do fun stuff, we're not Google, we don't have cotton candy and pony rides, like, yeah. oh, we're serious. And you realize, wow, well, actually, if you make what you do fun, you're more productive and you stick with it longer. Hmm. And where you see that like on a small personal level is people go, I'm gonna get in shape. And I'll go, what are you gonna do? And they'll go, I'm gonna run. And I'll go, well, do you like running? They go, no, I hate it. <laughs> That's how I know it's good for me. We have this really broken understanding of what it means to mm. pursue a goal. We think it has to be difficult or miserable to count. Oh, that's good. And then the kind of parallel to that in a faith community is um, when you meet people that go, like they have an expectation that God's going to call them to something they'd hate. Mm. Like he's not, if you're not a mathematician, he's not gonna call you to calculus. <laughs> like he knows you better than that. He right. loves you better than that. That's but there's good. a sense of like, when somebody goes, Oh, I hope I don't get called to the mission field. Well, <laughs> if that's not your heart, you're probably not going to. That's like, so he's good. not waiting to punish you with the opposite of how you're made. Like, that's such a weird, mm. but that's where we think about goals. And so, finding that fun had a practical, productive value was really interesting and gives me a lot of ability to say, like, three weeks ago, I, I did a three hour version of the finished talk to FedEx. And mm. I can say to them, like, hey, here's what that looks like in the for the digital result team of FedEx, or here's what this looks like for Comedy Central, or here's what, and so I'm able to go into companies and say, here's some practical things that actually matter. Mm, and that make it fun. Yeah. So fun is important, I'm a seven. Oh yeah, I'm a seven too. So uh, fun yeah. is everything to yeah. me. However, I think that they're like, obviously you've done the research, you know fun is important, but I think another piece of it is, that there's these limiting beliefs that we have yeah, that keep us from certainly. being able to finish. So what do you think some of those like well, common limiting beliefs I'd are? I'd say a common one is I'm not a leader. Yes. Um, I think we, the problem is we have a lot of baggage with that word. Mm. So we think of either a bad leader we had and we think I'm not, I don't wanna become that person or we yeah. think of, of an amazing leader we have and we think I could never be that person. Right. Um, so that's definitely one of them. One of them is I'm not creative. Mm. I hear people that say that and what they mean is I'm not artsy, but they interpret creative as really narrow. Like I'm not good at painting or I'm not Uh good at whatever. And so then they say, I'm not creative. Or maybe at 13, at 14, at 15, somebody said, you're not a good public speaker. And they took that as truth and are still carrying it. And so you see a lot of, you know, I'm speaking to the YMCA in a couple of weeks at their, their national event. And they were talking about how there was a, guy in his 80s who's a volunteer and he works in the teen center. And Mm. one morning there was a teenager there who had that day found out his parents were getting a divorce. Mm. And as a 13 year old, he said, it's my fault. And this 82 year old got to speak truth and I go, no, it's not, you're worthy. It's not like, and what was happening was a limiting belief was being planted at 13 that I caused this. Mm. And most people don't have an 82 year old that speaks truth and goes, no, 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 no. And they'll carry it for 10 years and it becomes calcified and it becomes limiting and they don't even know they're doing it. Mm. And so there's a million different versions of those. And if you can speak into a teenager, they don't have to carry it for 20 years and have a really hard time letting it go, mm. you know? And so I think that's that's pretty neat. It is, it's amazing. So finishing is, it's important. Like God didn't call us to start things so that we would just 
like get halfway and then say, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah, well, and it, it gives you a chance to um, really lean into it. It gives mm-hmm. you a chance to grow. Um, it's not, it's not easy, but no. it's not supposed to be easy. Um, it's supposed to be challenging. I think that part of it from a faith conversation is that it gives you a chance to rely on him as well. Yeah. You know, that, um, you, you know, I think sometimes we're so, our culture is really kind of focused on autonomy and being self-sufficient. Mm. And that's the opposite of what we're called yes. to be. Like we're called to need like unceasing connection via prayer. We're called yeah. to need community with each other. And so finishing something gives you a chance to need other people mm-hmm. and to need more than you're capable of doing. And don't, and I'm sure like this is the case, but when you actually finish something, you have the confidence then to go and Oh yeah, well now you've got, I mean, it's kind of like where people used, um, the Old Testament, they'd do an altar and they'd say, this is to remind ourselves that this is a thing that happened, that you get to go, yeah, I'm gonna like, I'll remember this moment that God showed up in this situation that I was able to finish. um, And it's amazing. And starting has a little of that, like there's dopamine release, like it's Uh all the science behind it, but it's nothing like actually completing something. That's why you kind of think about it, when you see a restaurant that has a framed dollar bill on the wall, it's mm-hmm. because that they finished that mm. dollar. They got to their first sale. They actually opened a restaurant. That dollar means more than a hundred dollars they got a month later. Yeah, you know, and so that one matters. That's good. Okay, so for a lot of people listening, it's interesting that you start you started the answer to that last question with a lot of people don't think that they're leaders, mm-hmm. and so we call our leaders at Cross Timbers Difference Makers. Yeah, I think that's really smart. Because we want everyone to know you've got, yep. you have got you are influencing yep. people. Yep. So for a lot of people listening today with that, they don't even know where to start. So you also wrote a book called yep. Start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so what's, we're talking about finish here with 10K Tuesday and everything, but for those who have that limiting belief that they're not a leader, but they clearly have some stuff that God's called them to do and mm-hmm. to start, what's something that they can do just to take a practical Well, I first mean, step? a really practical first step would be a conversation with a friend. Sometimes you're so close to the painting of your life, you can't see what it is. Mm. You're an inch away from it. You can't tell, is it a field? Is it a portrait? And mm-hmm. you need somebody who's five feet away, 10 feet away to go, oh, no, 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 no. I see something in you you don't see in yourself. That's good. And so I think- again, like we need community because community can tell us things we can't tell ourselves. So even just sitting down with a friend and going, hey, I feel something stirring. I feel like I'm made for more. Yeah. What do you see that I don't see? And they might go, you light up anytime you're around kids. Like there's a different version of you when you're around kids, Mm -hmm. I think. And the problem is, we um, have a really easy time overvaluing somebody else's ability and undervaluing our own. That's good. So we say, wow, that person's amazing. Look what they can do. And then when somebody says to us, you're good at that, we go, oh no, this is just something that's natural. Everybody can do this. No, we can't. Uh, Like not everybody can speak like Angie Smith. Like that's a talent. (laughs) Like that's amazing. But when you're used to it, you start to think everybody can do it and you start to devalue it. And so having other people to go, no, that thing's really amazing. And the rest of us can't do that. And we need that added to this community. Like Argyle needs that. Like we have a spot for that. So that's kind of how I think about starting. That's amazing. It's funny. We were were just talking about Angie Smith before we started today and this conference that I got to go sit at and a guy named Kurt, he was actually talking in the anatomy of shame that we really even have a hard time. Like not only do we not see the good in ourselves, but even receiving a compliment from someone. Oh yeah, no, that's the worst. Because it's it's uncomfortable to yeah. like actually see the good in ourselves, yeah. but that it's such a gift. And I love that you said, have it be someone that's close to you yeah. because if someone random that I don't know comes and says, hey, I think you'd be really great at this. Yeah. I'm probably You just, can dismiss it. Yes, yeah. because yeah. it's like, oh yeah, whatever. But when it's someone that's close to you, someone mm-hmm. who 
knows you and sees yeah. you, then it, it and gives wants you the, the best for you. Yeah, like that's the that's the reason they're encouraging you. Yeah, yeah. Well, part of it is that if your belief about yourself is negative, when somebody gives you a compliment, it's like they're attacking your belief. Yes. Like if my identity is built around that I'm a failure, I'm not talented, I'm not worthy. When somebody gives me the opposite of that, it feels like a violation almost of this broken thing that I'm kind of carrying around. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of like releasing that broken thing and going, okay, I was made for more. Like I, I am a work of art and an artist's hands. Yeah. What does that look like? Um, and so what I've learned over the years is to just say, thank you. We think the other thing is we think it's an act of humility when somebody says like, oh, you're amazing. You go, oh, it was nothing. The team did great. Like I caught myself like, if I speak and somebody after goes, that was really great. We loved it. And yeah. I go, oh, it was such a fun audience. What I'm really saying is I wasn't good. The audience was easy, mm. and I'm and I might think that's humility, but I've really just rejected a gift, which is a really jerky thing to do. <laughs> like if you're vulnerable enough to give me a kind word, and I say no, you're wrong. Like if mm. you say you're good at you know you're good at working with kids, and I go no, nah, I'm really not. Like I just it's something I do. I've just told you no, you're wrong. Yeah. Like and what a like it's just the whole part of it's broken. Yeah. And so it's an interesting dynamic, and so I think we have to practice. And I'll say like. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. Or mm. yeah, I, I worked really hard on that. That's hard to say. And that's still humble, though. Like yeah, it's, it's not, not like you're I mean, like oh, you're not looking. showboating. Yes. Like there's so I think it is a dance, and it is it does take intentionality, but it's something that I think we can work on. That's good. Okay, so you got to speak to a bunch of our difference makers at 10K Tuesday, but there's a lot of people listening today who weren't able to be here in our building to hear you speak. So if you were in this, if we had a bunch of difference makers here in the room, people who are having the courage to step out, to use their gifts, their passions, their story to make a difference where God's given them influence, what's one last piece of encouragement that you would want to give them as they step into that? Um, I'd say I'd say a great prayer is um, open the eyes of my heart that I can see the things you're bringing forth. Mm. Like just ask for that. Like it doesn't have to be, give me this massive thing yeah. or show me this home run moment. Just give me the vision to see because I think that prayer starts so many other things that you go, oh, I didn't write, there is an opportunity there. There mm. is a need there. And and the other thing is like, you don't have to white knuckle it. Like God's got it. Like we get to, like, I always say like, God's not short one John Acuff. Like it wasn't <laughs> like I finished what he was able to do because thankfully I contributed. Like yeah. he's gonna do it. He loves you enough to invite you into it. And so pray that you have the eyes to see the things he's inviting you to, or even just to see the gifts. Like I think there's so many, so many gifts mm. that if we were just able to see them, we'd go, oh, I didn't, I didn't. And it can be a conversation with an Uber driver. Today on the, on the way home from the airport, I talked to the Uber driver and gave him a copy of my book. And he said, you know, I'm estranged for my son. Like uh, he hasn't, like we, we, we've been estranged for two years and here's what that looks like. And I said, what's his name? And like, I can say, I'll pray for your son. Like that's just, that's just having eyes open. Like I didn't right. do anything in that moment other than go, okay, God, today, like, let me not miss the things that come across That's my path. So good, but you say like it wasn't. It was an Uber ride. Yeah, and it but, wasn't. I didn't control it. I didn't try to white knuckle it. And it wasn't like I tried to fix the situation. No. I just got to be present for a minute. Tell that person like, wow, that's really that's really tough. Um, you know, like I'll pray for that situation. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that's a good starting place. And that that was making a difference in that thing. I yeah. think the other deal um, that 
I know I've struggled with in the past is like, if I don't have a platform, if I don't have a stage, if I don't have yeah. authority, then how am I really making a difference? But that example right there, that's being- Oh yeah, he center. didn't, I mean, and he didn't pick me up because he thought this person has a platform. Like right. I, I had a platform, it's called the backseat of an Uber. <laughs> like you have, like if you get into a lift, like, and I'm not saying like, you have to roam in roads, everybody, but like <laughs> right. have a conversation. Yes. Like we're so- quick to ignore each other as we build our own little manicured worlds in our phones mm. that if you actually see people, like it it matters. So and, good. And so that's, yeah, so stuff like that where I just think it's about being able to see them. And then as far as the platform goes, like I I saw one of the, like the most popular, popular, popular country music stars last night at an event and he said, the criticism became a huge part to me. Like I'd see a thousand compliments and I'd get the criticism Ugh. and it was really hard to rebuild. And I've got, you know, I'm going to counseling, like was really honest about it. So yeah. it reminded me like, it doesn't matter the size of your platform. Like right. it's all just people. Yes. So whether you have three followers on Twitter or 300,000, like there's, and there's not an amount where you'll feel like that. That's like there's good. no, you might say right now, I don't have a platform. I have 500 people on Instagram. I don't, whatever, whatever you define by platform, I think God goes, don't worry about that. Like I didn't, like most of the the losers I use in the Bible right. didn't have a platform. Like it was, it, it's the, the Bible is like a gang of idiots. And, <laughs> and you go like, thank goodness for the Israelites. Like yeah. they were like, oh, we had potted meat and slavery. Like you should never feel like I'm underqualified and then wow. go, yeah. oh yeah, David had, uh, you know, slept with Bathsheba and then yes. had her husband murdered. Like, so as long as I haven't done that, like the bar, <laughs> Noah, Noah, who's been on a boat forever. What's the first thing he done was he lands. He plants a vineyard yeah. and builds it over 10 years to eventually get drunk. Yes. You've never Ooh. made a 10 year mistake where you were like, nine That's years good, from now, John. I'm holding this plant. I'm going to get drunk in nine years. Yeah. Like, you might've made mistakes last weekend, but I swear you didn't plant a vineyard. That's so like, good. And then you didn't end up naked, like that your son, <laughs> like, so the idea of like, I don't have it. Like, that's I agree, so I don't either. Like yeah. there's no there's no part of me that's qualified enough, but it mm. doesn't matter because I'm connected to the creator of the universe. So good. Man, what a great conversation. Thank you so much for being yeah, with us for today. It's been a great visit and we're, we're excited to hopefully have you back in Texas someday. Yeah, definitely. What a great conversation we had today with John. I just love the way that we ended with him saying, let's pray that God would open the eyes of our heart just to see the opportunities that he has in front of us every day to make a difference. Whether it's in the back of an Uber car or it's at the YMCA bumping into a teenager who's having some struggles. Like there are opportunities in front of us every day. So what could it look like if tomorrow you started your day and just asked God to give you eyes to see all of the opportunities that are in front of you for you to use what he's already given you, your gifts, your passions, and your story to make a difference in the lives of the people he's put right in front of you. Imagine how different our community could look if we all had our eyes open to the opportunities that are already in front of us. It could be a game changer in our community. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next month.